Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's open with prayer. My heavenly Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to look today at an aspect of the gospel, Jesus on the cross, in a way that you may have never seen it before or never considered it before. And to do that, I want us to first turn to 1 Corinthians 6:17. If you are born again, this verse applies to you. It says, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Amen. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. What spirit? Your spirit and the spirit of Jesus together. Make one spirit. You got that? Your spirit and the spirit of Jesus make one spirit together. They're together. If you are born again, and if you are not born again, by the time I'm finished, you're going to want to be. Turn with me now to 1 Peter 1. Let's take a look at that spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Christ. It says, of which salvation? Now, in 1 Peter 1.10. Of which salvation, the salvation of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time. Look at this next phrase. The spirit of Christ which was in them. The prophets of old had the spirit of Jesus in them. And what was that spirit doing? of them which signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. What was the Spirit of Christ doing in the prophets of old? Saying, I'm coming. I'm coming. Look for me. I'm coming. Now, how did he come? Turn with me to Hebrews 2. This is the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit that's in you if you are born again. The spirit that is in you, if you were born again. Now, how did he come? Rome, uh, Hebrews 2.16. For verily he, Jesus, took not on him the nature of angels. He didn't come as an angel. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. He became a man. Jesus, the God that was with the Father. John 1 says that he was God and he was with God. So he was a God with God, and he gave that all up. He gave all those powers that he had as a God up, and he came a seed of Abraham. He became a man like us, exactly like us. He wasn't half God and half man. He had to, be, he had to leave all his godly ability behind him, and he had to become a man like us, just like us. So he had, took on him the seed of Abraham, Wherefore, in all things, all things, that's why he had to become totally a man. All things, wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. That's why he had to become just like us, 
because he was going to make reconciliation for our sins. Now, he became a man just like us, but he was the spirit of Jesus. He was the spirit of Christ. He was the spirit that was in the prophets of old saying, I'm coming. This was the spirit of Christ, and he was in a man's body. And you know what? He's in your body. That spirit is in your body. If you are born again, it says that if you are born again, your spirit and the spirit of Jesus are one spirit. Do you have any idea who lives in you? Do you have any idea what is in you and what you are capable of? We're going to find a little bit of that right here. I want you to go. We're going to take a look at Jesus going to the cross. The spirit of Jesus going to the cross. And I want you to think why I'm reading this. This is what is in you. This is in you. This ability is in you if you will yield to it. And if you are born again. All right. I'm going to go to Luke 22 verse 41. This is Jesus after the last supper. And he said Jesus was... Uh, withdrawn from the disciples, he was in the garden of Gethsemane. About them a stone's cast, kneeled down and prayed, saying, now this, is a, this is the spirit of Jesus in a man's body, in a man's body, just like you. He had a soul just like you. And he said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Here, Jesus' soul didn't want to go to the cross. Didn't want to go. He just asked the father here, can you take this away from me? You know, in, in Matthew, it says that Jesus turned to the disciples and he said, I am exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. I have to pray because I'm not going to die in the garden. I am not going to die in the garden. He said, I'm exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. But you know what? The spirit of Jesus could get out of it, could pray out of it. He said, I have to pray. And when a stone's cast away, and this is when he asked the father, is it possible you can take this from me? Nevertheless, 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 not what I want. I'm going to do what you want. Now, what happens after that? Verse 43, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, being in agony, this is a man praying the spirit of Jesus in a man's body with a man's soul. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And in his prayer, his sweat was if there were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You think he's praying with everything in him? He is not going to die in the garden. He has a job to do for you and I. And that spirit in him is going to sustain him. And he's not going to die in the garden. He said, and when he arose up from that prayer, he came to his disciples. He found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said, why sleep you? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And while he yet spoke, notice, notice, he has prayed through the garden. He has prayed through his resurrection. Now he's ready. That spirit in him got him ready. He prayed through. Now he's ready to go to the cross. And the minute he prays through and the minute he's ready, 
Now the soldiers come. Now the soldiers come. Do you see the love of God? God wasn't going to send those soldiers until he's ready. But that spirit in him is ready. And you know what? That spirit's in you. That spirit is in you. When it looks like you're going down for the last count, that spirit in you knows how to come back up. It knows how to pray through. It knows how to get you where you need to go. And the minute Jesus is ready, now the soldiers come. Now, turn with me to John 10. We're going to take a look at Jesus on the cross. That spirit that's in Jesus, that's in us. That's in us. Look at what we are capable of. Chapter 10, verse 17. Oh, this is before Jesus. This is Jesus. He said, therefore, does my father love me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. And look at this next verse. I love this next verse. No man taketh it from me. No man taketh it from me. That spirit's in you. That spirit that says no man taketh it from me is in you. It's in you if you're born again. He said, therefore, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down to myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. No man is going to kill me. I'm going to do what I'm sent to do, and I'm not dying until it's done. No man can kill me. That spirit's in you. That spirit's in you. When you sit there and you think, I can't go another day. Well, you can't, but that spirit can. I can't handle this situation anymore. You can't, but that spirit can. This is the spirit that took him through the cross. And that spirit's in you. Now, now let's go to Matthew 27. Then they released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, Jesus isn't even at the cross yet. And he's being scourged, whipped with a whip, with with I think they call it ten tails or whatever like that, whipped 39 times. And you know what it says in, in Isaiah? It says he gave his back to the smiters. He gave his back to the smiters. They didn't drag him and and then whip him. He gave his back to the smiters. Why? Because of the spirit in him. And you know what else? When they gave him those 39 lashes, it says, by his stripes, we were healed. We were healed. Jesus knew he had to be scourged because those stripes were going to heal us. And you know what? He didn't run away from it. He gave his back to the smiters. Here, take it. Why? Because of the spirit in him. Because he knew he was healing you. He was carrying your healing. That's the spirit that's in you. Here, take it. Next verse. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus under the common hall, gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. They stripped him, stripped him, And put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him. And they took the reed and they smote him on the head. This is before he's even at the cross. 
And after they mocked him, they took the robe off of him. They put his own remnant on him and they led him away to crucify. He is mocked. He is scourged. He is made fun of. He is beaten with a rod. And you know what? He stands. He stands. I can't work in that place. I, I work at one more day. You can't, but Jesus can. But they mock me. So what? They mock Jesus and that spirit's in you. You can't stand it, but that spirit can. You see what's in you. You can handle anything, anything that comes down your road because of the spirit that's in you. The spirit that is in you. Now, back here. And it says, and then they, um, and after that they mocked him, they took up the robe from him, put his own remnant on him, led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Sirene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he tasted thereof, he would not drink it. He would not drink it. Why? Because the, the, the prophecies that went about before him said, you don't drink it with the gall. He's not going to drink it. This man's looking at the cross, and he has had enough wherewithal not to drink what he's not supposed to drink. And that spirit's in you. We could be a concern. Well, what am I going to do when I get in this situation? Am I going to be able to handle it? Am I going to say something stupid? You've got a spirit in you that'll keep you in the way. You keep you in the way if you're born again. It says, now, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall, and he, he, when he tasted thereof, he would not drink it. And they crucified him, crucified him. They nailed his hands and his feet to a tree. It said they crucified him, parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and by vesture they did cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. And they set over his head an accusation written, this is Jesus the king of the Jews. And there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand, the other on the left. And they that passed by him reviled him, wagging their heads, saying, Thou that destroyest the temple, build in three days, save thyself. Save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocked him, and the scribes and elders said, He saved others himself, he cannot save. He is to be the king of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. At this point, Jesus has nobody with him. Nobody. Jesus said in the Psalms, I look for comforters and there is none. There's none. He is alone on that tree and he's crucified and he's getting ready for every bone is now becoming out of joint. His body is breaking into pieces. Every bone is breaking. Pulling at a joint. Why? Now he's carrying your sin and my sin. Now he's taking on your sin and my sin. The sin of the whole world is coming on that man's body and soul. His soul. And he has the wherewithal to stay awake and alive and attentive. Why? Because of the spirit that's in him. The spirit that's in him keeps that body alive. He said, no man's going to kill me. No man is going to kill me. I'm on the cross. Every bone out of joint. Psalm 22 said his heart's melted like wax. The inside of his body is coming apart. 
and he stays. He stays awake. He stays coherent. He stays in the gospel. He stays in the will of God. Why? Because of the spirit that's in him. The spirit that's in him. I can't go another day. Yes, you can if you are born again. This is the spirit that stayed uh, coherent on the cross. You can handle it one more day. You can handle it five more minutes. You can handle it as long as it takes because of the spirit that's in you. The spirit that's in you, not beside you, not only in church. He is in you, in you, and we will see that. Now, back to here. And at the ninth hour, or well, let's start at 45. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cries with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? At this moment, he becomes sin. Sin and his own heavenly father has to turn his back on him. Not only turns his back on him, but Galatians says Jesus becomes accursed. Accursed for you and I. This is the time you would think that a body would say, give it up. No, he doesn't give it up. He's got a work to do on the cross, and he's going to finish it. The father rejects him, turns his back on him, and Jesus stays. He stays. Why? Because of the spirit in him. Because he had a job to do. He had a commandment from the father, and he's going to finish it. And no man is going to kill him. No man is going to kill him. So we go on. Some of them that stood by there when they heard that said, this man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran, took a sponge, filled it with vinegar, put it on a reed and gave him to drink. And the rest said, let be, let him alone. Let's see whether Elias will come and save him. And then Jesus, when he cried with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Turn with me to John 19. We're going to see this in two other places. John 19, verse 26. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, this is Jesus on the cross, crucified, every bone out of joint, marred more than any man. And he sees his mother. And he says, the disciple standing by whom he loved. And Jesus noticed this, first his mother. He saith unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. And then he said to the disciple, behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. If you are a mother, you understand the love of God here. Not only did Jesus give John his mother, but he said to his mother, here's your son. Gave her a son. That's the love of God. Now, and why he's being crucified. Then he said, it says, uh, 28, after this, Jesus knowing, knowing, knowing that all things are now accomplished. He had to do everything it was written in the scriptures to do on the cross. He's got every bone out of joint. His heart is melted in the midst of his bowels. His body is sundered. I think at one point it says, he is in excruciating, the worst pain ever. Every bone's out of joint. And he says, and the scripture might be fulfilled. He's got one more thing he's got to do. And he stays coherent. You know, I have heard so many times of people that the pain gets so bad they pass out. Jesus never passed out. You know, not only did he have our sicknesses on him, but he had every mental illness on his body. 
He was in every mental illness and he stayed coherent. You think I'm going crazy. Hang in there because the spirit in you's been there and he won't go crazy. He won't go crazy. He has had every pressure put on him that you could ever pressure a man with and he doesn't lose it. He doesn't lose it. He stays coherent. Stick with that spirit and you won't go crazy. It can't. The spirit of Jesus walked it. He'll get you out. Notice here he says, he's got one more thing to fulfill. He says, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar. Didn't have the gall in it. And they filled a sponge with the vinegar, put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. And when Jesus had therefore received the vinegar, he said, he said, it's finished. It's finished. Everything he had to do on the cross, he did. Now, now he can lay down his life. He couldn't lay it down until everything was done. And now he can lay it down. He is going, he said it's finished and he gave up the ghost. Gave it up. No man took it from him. He gave it up. He held it until everything was done. And then he said, it's finished. And he gave up the ghost. One more place. Mark, or Luke, I'm sorry. Luke 23, verse 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, a loud voice, he didn't whimper out. He didn't whimper out. This is Jesus, the spirit of Jesus. This spirit's in you. And he didn't whimper out. He said, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And then it says, and having said thus, he gave up the ghost. It's finished. And Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Father, I did everything I needed to do on the cross. I got it done. You gave me a commandment. I got it done. And now I'm going to lay down my life. And you know what? He was headed for hell. He was dying a sinner. And he was headed for hell. And he stayed. He stayed. He stayed coherent. He stayed with the gospel. And that spirit is in you. That spirit is in you. I don't think I can believe Jesus can and he's in you. I don't think I can walk this one more day. I said, Jesus can and he is in you. In you. One last verse. Galatians 2. This is Paul speaking. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Paul laying down his life. We have to lay down our life too. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Are you born again? Christ liveth in you. In you. Not walking beside you. In you. You don't just meet Jesus at church. He's in you. The same spirit that managed himself through the crucifixion, the hell, and then raised from the dead is in you. Do you have any idea what is in you? 
Now, it's finished. And the life which I live, I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Are you born again? Don't you want to be? Don't you want to have the spirit that'll get you through every single trouble that comes your way? And more troubles are coming. And you know what's going to get us through it? The spirit of Jesus in us. The spirit that went to the cross. The spirit that went to hell. And the spirit that was raised again can be in you if you are born again. How are you born again? It's easy. Thank God Jesus made it easy. In Romans 10, it says, those that call on the name of the Lord, Jesus shall be saved. That's all, to call on him. Call him Lord of your life, to believe that he was raised from the dead. And if you do that, that spirit that went to the cross will come into you. And the same spirit that was raised from the dead will come into you. And when you won't have a day, when you say, I can't do it one more day, Jesus can. If you are in that situation where you think, I can't do this one more day, Jesus in you can. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.